Lord Jesus, on this holy night, teach us the true meaning of love and specifically how to put it into practice. Show us, Lord, what are the habits of a loving heart. For Jesus' sake, amen. God's peace to you, friends. We are going to complete our midweek series, our Wednesday night series, tonight entitled, It's All About Love. We've been looking at the 13th chapter of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. That chapter is often called the love chapter. And tonight we're specifically looking at verse 7, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, which reads, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And if you we're able to circle the four times where it says always, you kind of see that Paul is emphasizing something here. By the word always, repeated again and again, he's emphasizing that real love, genuine love, endures. It doesn't quickly disappear. That's certainly true of God's real love for us. As the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah said in chapter 31, verse 3, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And that continues for our sakes today. The Phillips paraphrase of our theme verse tonight, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, reads this way. I like the way he wrote this. Love knows no limits to its endurance, no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. And you know, that's the kind of love we need in all of our relationships, isn't it? A kind of love that lasts, that endures. We need that in our marriages. We need that in our family relationships. We need that in our friendships. Things seem to come and go so quickly these days. We need a love that endures. Tonight, we're going to be very practical in our application tonight. Uh, We're going to be talking about practicing certain good habits so that our love doesn't run dry, so it doesn't quickly dissipate. This is going to be more of a teaching style sermon, if you will. Um, There are a couple of blank pages in the back of your worship folder if you want to jot some notes as we go, because we're going to talk about some specific habits to put into practice so that our love doesn't run dry so that it indeed endures. And these habits are things that Jesus himself modeled when we study his life in the Gospels. We see that he modeled these very types of things. And so these are very practical suggestions. We're talking about the habits of a loving heart. The habits of a loving heart. And as we, as we do that, first of all, we want to talk about developing habits that Refresh you physically. That's the first category of habits. Habits that refresh you physically. Now, you might be wondering, well, how does that tie into a spiritual message? Well, I think it ties in very well. Uh, Let's look at three physical habits of a loving heart. I mean, let's acknowledge the fact. God created us more than just spiritual beings. He created us physical beings. 
And he's given us this body, one body to live, one life until we head off to heaven. Ought we not do our very best with it? And the, the first physical habit of a loving heart is very practically speaking, getting enough rest. Getting enough rest. You know, the, the littlest issues that can arise in a relationship tend to become much bigger ones when we're overly tired. How easy it is, right, to get set off on something that really began as something very small, but because we're so tired and stressed, we're more inclined than to say or do something uh, that is really not, not appropriate and to do something in a rather unloving manner. Psalm 127.2 says, It is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night. God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. He's given us these bodies. We need to rest them adequately so that we can most fully not only carry out our work and do our various duties, but also attend to our relationships. Because if we're worn out, we're not good for anybody. I think it's, it's significant that God established the Sabbath day in Hebrew, Shabbat. From, from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, the seventh day, God created as a day of Shabbat, rest, a day of rest. It goes all the way back to the story of creation, of course, where God created the universe in six days, and then it says that on the seventh day, He rested. Why did God rest? Because He needed rest? No. He knew we would need rest. And He set a pattern for humanity to make sure we build in time of rest. Shabbat is a holistic term, a complete type of rest. It's Resting spiritually in God, taking time to worship Him, but it's also resting emotionally and resting physically, taking time to recharge. It is so very important. So that's the first physical habit of a loving heart. If we want to have more vibrant relationships and a more vibrant love experience in those relationships, we need to be fully there physically. Secondly, a balanced diet. A balanced diet. Sometimes we take our diet for granted. Again, God's given us this body. We need to feed it and fuel it properly so it's operating at its maximum capacity. It's really, it comes down to being good stewards of our body. Psalm 119, 73 says, You made my body, Lord. Now give me sense to heed your laws. You know, one of those basic laws or principles, if you will, is we need to take care of this body God has given us. We need to feed them well. A third physical habit of a loving heart is regular exercise. Now, as I say that, let me just toss this out there. Of course, if you've not been in a regular exercise program, I don't want you to rush right out and start a heavy-duty exercise program without first consulting with your physician. It needs to be in line with your own physical wellness, of course. But physical fitness is a choice. We can either choose fatigue or fitness. Being a good steward of our body, we need to take care of ourselves. And frankly, good exercises, exercise increases your love quotient. It makes you more available to your, your loved one because you're more fit. And so um, you're going to be more present with the person. You're going to be physically attentive to that person if you're more physically well. 
1 Corinthians 6.20 says, honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. That's a very physical reference, isn't it? Honor God with your body. Earlier, Paul had said that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, temples in which the Holy Spirit dwells, that these temples have been designed for honoring God. And so the way we take care of our body says something about our honor of God. So we should develop habits that refresh us physically. Secondly, we need to develop habits that recharge us emotionally. Do you have habits that recharge you emotionally? You know, God didn't just create us as physical organisms. We're not just biological creatures, right? He also gave us the ability to feel, the ability to relate, relate to others on an emotional level as well as a spiritual level, in addition to the physical. And so we need to keep our emotional tank filled up as well. So here's three emotional habits of a loving heart so that we can have more vitalized relationships. Number one, practice solitude. Solitude. Let me ask you, when was the last time you went off by yourself to a place of peace and quiet for an hour or more. Think about that. How often do we do that? Probably not very often. In this fast-paced, hustle-and-bustle world, when do we find time for solitude? We have to carve that time out of our day, set it aside and make it a priority. You know, Jesus did that many times. In Mark chapter 6, it says, So many people were coming and going. Jesus said to them, that is to his disciples, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He took them away from the crowds to a place of solitude. Jesus understood the importance and the value of solitude. He understands that uh, we need a break a break from this fast and furious pace that life puts us on all so readily. You know, it's been said that too many irons in the fire put out the fire. Too many irons in the fire put out the fire. The fire and the passion of our relationships with one another gets stinted when we're so very busy. So is your emotional and relational fire about to be snuffed out? Maybe there's a different habit to adopt. So the first one is solitude. The second emotional uh, habit of a loving heart is recreation. Or if I can say it another way, re-creation. Recreation Time doing something fun, if you will, is one way of re-creating, re-energizing, getting re-empowered for whatever we have to face. Luke 7.34 in the, uh, uh, the Phillips uh, version says, Jesus came enjoying life. I think that's really, really a valid point. Jesus came and enjoyed life. And he sets a pattern for us as well. We need avocations, hobbies, interests outside of the busyness of our work. And as long as those things don't become another 
stressful iron in the fire, and as long as they don't uh, become something that, that uh, becomes more important than our faith in God or, or God Himself, then we're free to enjoy those things, to recreate in those things. We can do that all to the glory of God as a part of His recreative work within us. And a third emotional habit of a loving heart is quite simply laughter. Now, you might wonder now, how is that a biblical concept? Actually, there are many places where the Bible references joy and laughter and cheerfulness. You know, I think sometimes we, we can take ourselves so seriously. And maybe we're more guilty of that within the church than outside of the church. I don't know. I don't know. Does faith always have to be so somber and serious? Aren't there times when, that, when lightheartedness is actually preferred? Proverbs 17.22 says, Being cheerful keeps you healthy. You know, it's been shown that laughter and humor are actually good for the immune system. And they produce those endorphins that are a positive thing for us as we live our our daily lives. Being cheerful keeps you healthy. So we need to develop some, some habits that refresh us physically, habits that refresh us emotionally. And then the third category are these. Habits that renew you spiritually. Habits that renew you spiritually. Paul says in his first letter to Timothy chapter 4, Take time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. Spiritually fit. And so let's look at some spiritual habits of the loving heart. Three of these. First of all, what I like to call daily quiet time with God. Daily quiet time with God. It doesn't have to be anything highly formal. It's just a personal time of quiet prayer and reflection on God's Word. A time to sit and read a, a perhaps a short portion of God's Word and meditate on the meaning of those words to your own life. And then reflect your thoughts and, and concerns back to God in prayer, knowing that He hears you. And sometimes we can make this so complicated. Can I just encourage you to start simply? Start with five minutes a day. Read one Bible passage. And ponder the meaning of that passage for your life. And let that spawn prayers back to the Lord. Prayers of thanks and praise. Prayers of request. Prayers of the confession of our sins. Prayers of of, uh, honoring God for all of His goodness. It's a chance to fill up, if you will, on God's strengthening fuel that we need. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, The outward man does indeed suffer wear and tear, but every day the inward man receives fresh strength. See, even if things are, are tough on the outside, if we're doing this daily, daily care of our spirit and our soul, we can remain strong no matter what's happening outside. We need that spiritual habit of daily quiet time. The second one is what I would just call Christian fellowship. Christian fellowship. Being together with other brothers and sisters in Christ, encouraging each other, especially in light of God's Word, praying for each other, checking in on each other. Hey, how you doing? 
How's your walk with God? How can I encourage you? What can I be praying for you about? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9 and 10 says, two are better than one. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And that is especially true spiritually speaking. You know, sometimes when we have a spiritual failure, we tend to isolate ourselves out of our shame. We don't want anybody to know what we're going through. And suddenly we can cut ourselves off from all the gifts of God that would restore us. And that's where we need the blessing of Christian fellowship to be with one another. I I can't say enough about the value of a small fellowship group. A small group of brothers and sisters or just brothers or just sisters, whatever your preference is, where you're able to be honest with each other about your faith issues. You're able to ask for prayer needs, prayer requests. I've been in a small group for the 23 and a half years that I've been a pastor here. It's a tremendous group of men. It meets every Thursday morning. It's been a real blessing. I don't have to lead the class. I can be a member of the class. They accept me. I'm glad they do. And it's been such an encouragement to be able to be honest with these guys and share our hearts together. The early church got together in people's homes on a regular basis. In Acts 2.42, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And and Luke tells us there in Acts that that they not only worshiped at the temple, but they would get together in each other's homes for this Christian fellowship. And they looked after each other's well-being. I think that's authentic Christianity, you know, when we can be real with each other. Our theme verse again for this evening is love always protects. That's the way it starts. Love always protects. I want to use a little illustration. One of my favorite animals in the world is the emperor penguin. These are just not only incredibly cute, they're also uh, incredibly amazing in the way they live their lives. I don't know if you knew it or not, but these emperor penguins mate for life. Once they find a mate, they're with that mate for the rest of their life till one or both of them dies. And when the the mother penguin uh, lays eggs, the father penguin puts the egg on his feet, covers it up with his belly fat to keep that egg warm until it hatches. Because if the egg were exposed to the ice and snow and weather, it would quickly freeze and die. But these penguins are so protective of their little ones. They take care of their little ones. But even beyond that, something really truly amazing takes place when the Antarctic winter reaches its most severe temperatures. And here's a picture of that in Antarctica in the worst moment of their winter. Look what they do. Instead of being off by themselves, isolated, They bunch together. And of course, some of them are on the outside of the herd or the flock, whatever you call them. And for a while, those on the outside are taking the brunt of the harshest part of the weather. But what they do is they then trade places. And the ones on the outside are allowed to move to the inside of the flock and others go to the outside for a while And after they start to get a little too cold, they're allowed to move in, and the whole flock protects each other. 
I think it's a marvelous illustration of what the church is supposed to be. That we protect one another. Paul said, love always protects. That we look out for each other. We pray for each other. We make sure no one's left out in the cold. We care for each other. Love always protects. Protects. We need this Christian fellowship in order to stay strong. And I again want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, to give serious consideration to signing up for one of our 40 days of prayer small groups. Don't be threatened by it. It's, a, it's really non-threatening. A group sits and watches a DVD video, and then there's time to discuss what you observed, share prayer requests, get to know each other, and grow in Christian friendship and fellowship. Sign up for the group that fits your schedule best. You will be blessed by that opportunity. So, these spiritual habits of a loving heart, daily quiet time, Christian fellowship, and then the third one finally is, of course, worship. Worship. If we want to grow in our genuine love for God and for each other, worship is essential to that whole experience. Psalm 59, 16 says, I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. Everyone knows we have times of trouble. This life is not easy, and just being a Christian doesn't guarantee that's going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. All the more reason why we need to come to the one who is our mighty fortress in worship and find in him our strength. Now, I don't know if this next picture, (laughs) I don't know if these are worshiping God or not, but I think it's kind of an interesting picture. Uh, And it's different generations together, you know, so it kind of reminds me of our generations, a sermon series we just completed. They all come together for whatever they're doing, and the adults are watching over the little ones, but they're all together. We too need to come together regularly, young, old, in between, generations all together around the Word of God and His sacraments for the strengthening of our faith, and so that we can encourage one another in our Christian walk. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Is it time to come closer to Jesus that we might experience his rest? These three spiritual habits of a loving heart, daily quiet time, Christian fellowship, and worship, are ways that we experience God's love for us so that we can then in turn love him and love one another more effectively. I I think it's really true that the quality of your relationship to God determines the quality of every other relationship you have. Let me say it again. The quality of your relationship to God determines the quality of every other relationship you have. Think of the symbolism of the sign of the cross. That vertical bar of the cross reminds us that God has first loved us in Christ at that cross. God has loved us enough to forgive our sins. God has come into our life, adopted us into his eternal family, and promises to take us vertically home with him one day. He has loved us. 
But that horizontal bar of the cross reminds us that we too then are to love one another. We are too to reach out to one another with that same love of God. So now on a very practical level, here are just a few closing questions. Which habit of a loving heart do you need to work on most? Physical one? An emotional one? A spiritual one? I'll just be up front and admit I need to work immediately on a physical one. My wife will tell you, I don't get enough exercise. And I probably don't sleep enough either. That's one that I need to work on. Which one do you need to work on most? And what will you do differently after tonight? And when will you begin? To summarize this entire Wednesday night sermon series from 1 Corinthians 13, here are the key lessons that we've gone over. Number one, love matters most. It matters more than anything else. Number two, love is patient and kind. In the third week, we said love speaks the truth. And week four, love is forgiving. Last week, we focused on the fact that love is not selfish. And tonight, we're encouraged to practice the habits of a loving heart. And so, friends, as we draw closer and closer to Calvary's cross and then the joy of the empty tomb, let's remember it's all about love. Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.